Got a whole basket of blessings. Hallelujah. Thank y'all. Spend my afternoon opening up cards and reading. Have Kristen read them to me. You know, I, I tell you, uh, when you have trouble reading like I do with my dyslexia and stuff, when I get cards and stuff, I always get Kristen to read them for me so I don't mess it all up. But nevertheless, we can read the Word of God. Hallelujah. I want you guys, if you have your Bibles, could you take a little of the echo off here, please, bro? 1 Samuel 15, verse 22 and 23. 1 Samuel, that's in the Old Testament. Chapter 15, verse 22 and 23. Once you find your place in the reading of God's Holy Word, we ask you as always to stand for the reading of God's Holy Scriptures. Before we get started, let me try to encourage you right quick about coming next Saturday to our Christian rock concert. I know some of you think, well, I'm way too old to be in a rock concert. Well, that's funny because the last concert we had, we had a woman who was like 70-something, came down and got radically saved. And so when you put yourself in the too old category, you find yourself missing out. I don't care if you're 80. I don't care if you're 90. When God moves in the house of God, you need to be part of it. You think, I don't have something to do with the concert, but you do. Because there's not a soul in this room that does not know somebody who's not saved. And that's the only reason, that's the only purpose that Stain Red does what we do is because we have the purpose to bring in the harvest. The Bible said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And I thank God that he has gifted me as a spokesman for him to, to stand up before his people and also to give me a voice that I may glorify his holy name. And, but without you guys, we cannot have success. We need to get everybody we know to be part of this. Call people, tell people, let's make it a big event. It's going to be a blessing. We have some Christian rap rockers coming from Fort Worth. Some of these guys have uh, videos, and they're pretty daggum good. I heard one of them, we did a concert at, in White Settlement, and this young Zechariah, uh, man, he's really good. He really speaks the Word of God when he's up there ministering, and he speaks to the people, and you don't want to miss that as, as well. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 and 23. If you have your place, say Amen. The Bible says, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in sacrifices and offerings as much as obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. I want everyone to say to obey. I didn't hear everybody. Thank you. Is better than sacrifice. And to heed 
is better than the fat of rams. In other words, the, the word heed is, it means to, to listen, to pay attention, and to observe, and to acknowledge. Verse 23, for rebellion is like the sin of divination. And arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. And because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we... Thank you, Lord, first of all, for this day that you have made. And, oh, God, we rejoice and we're glad to be in it. Father, right now, we just pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would fall fresh in this room. Have mercy on me, O oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity, and cleanse me of all my sins. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me, Lord, the joy of my salvation, and grant me a willing spirit that I may teach transgressor your ways and sinners your ways, Lord. We praise you for this evening, this afternoon's service that we're going to have, the baptism. We thank you for that. We thank you for the worship service this morning. We ask right now, just praise you, God, for what's about to take place in the house of the living God. Lord, we thank you for the signs. We have a new sign on top, a new sign that's coming out front, and new, a new sign for the corner. Father, there's many people who drive by here who have no church home, and we ask that you would turn their head toward the sign and draw them to this church that we may share the word of God to them. But even as we speak, Lord, there's people across the world listening to this message. And I believe that the majority of this message is for those individuals. So I just pray you would open their eyes and their ears and their hearts to receive what you have and help us today to receive what you have. And we praise you in the mighty name of Christ. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord Almighty. Going to give you a little history of what's taking place in, in our, our text today. And it may be a little lengthy, but that's okay. We need to learn our Bibles. Hallelujah. But what we're seeing today are some very convicting words spoken to King Saul by the prophet Samuel, the man of God. Because see, Saul has completely rebelled against the word of God. Now understand that, that King Saul was the very first king of Israel. But in that itself was not the will of God. You see, because God did not want a man to sit on his throne on this earth. But he himself wanted to be the only king of Israel. Can I get an amen? And in the same exact way today, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, He wants to be the only King of your life. He wants to be the only one sitting on the throne of your heart. Because unfortunately, our, our world is filled with people who have put many things on the throne of their heart and have bowed their to knees to, to other gods which are really no God at all. Can I get an amen? 
In fact, if you have your Bibles, you can look in the book of Exodus Verse chapter 20, verse 1 through 6, and we, we see that, that God has spoken to the man of God, Moses, directly on Mount, on the mountainside. And, and the Bible says that, that the Lord God himself spoke these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Thou shalt have no other God before me, Thou shalt not make for yourself an idol in a form of anything in heaven, heaven above or earth below. Thou shalt not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and the fourth generations, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. You see, the problem with Israel is that they were not content with having a spiritual God as their king. Oh, but instead that they wanted something with flesh. They wanted something that they could see with their natural eyes. They wanted a king that they could feel, a king that they could observe and watch like all the other kings of the nations. And so in the frustration of your Infuriated Samuel to the point that he was just furiated with Israel and he came to God and I want you to listen to God's response because you see the God we serve is a God of love and his love goes far beyond our own sin can I get an amen 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says, but when, but when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel, so he prayed, he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. That's some sad scripture right there, isn't it? Just ask yourself, have I rejected Jesus Christ as my king today? Have I put other things ahead of God today in my life? Have I put other things on the throne of my life ahead of Jesus? And so God, in his grace, he simply gives them the desires of their heart. And so he chose this, this young, specific young man, very tall, very handsome, about a foot higher than everybody else. And at this point in his life, he was a very young and humble and, and just a beautiful man and made good decisions. And he was walking according to the word of God until pride was found into his heart. Paul says in Galatians 6 and 3, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. The words of Samuel, 1 Samuel 15 and 17 Describes this young king. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the Lord anointed you king over Israel. And so as time went on, we find that, that pride began to fill his heart. And no longer is King Saul listening to the men of God, the man of God, the prophet of God. No longer is he listening to the word of God. But, but now in this time in his life, he began listening only to his own self. 
You see, pride will, will, will blind you to the truth. Can I get an amen? Pride will cause you to listen to your own instructions. Where your head becomes so big that, that it doesn't matter what the preacher has to say. It doesn't matter what, what the, the authorities of your, our world says to you. Your, your head becomes prideful. The Bible says that pride goes before a fall. Can I get an amen? But all of a sudden we find in, in the story, through the pride and through the arrogance, God raises up the Philistine army. A vicious army, a huge army. And the Philistine army began to press Israel. And King Saul is now in trouble. And now he wants a word from the Lord. Isn't it funny how we have nothing to do with God when everything's going good? Oh, but when it hits the fan. That, that's, our, that's, that's when we need a word from the Lord. And so in his fear and in his distress, he, he calls out, to, he sends for Samuel, saying, Samuel, come and, and make a sacrifice. Let's get a word from God. And as he waited for the appointed time, he waited and waited. His patience began to grow thin. And he got tired of waiting. He thought to himself, well, I'll just go in. And I'll make the sacrifice. And at this point is where he, he did the unthinkable. He goes into the temple of the Lord Almighty and he himself not ordained, not set apart for this, not a Levitical priesthood, but he goes and he presents what I would call strange fire unto the Lord, a sacrifice that was displeasing to God. You, you have to understand that, that if you're not called to do certain things in the house of God, then you have no business doing it. There's a lot of men who are preaching in our world today who are not called by God. I wish God never called me to preach. I would much rather clean the commode, sweep the floors and roof the ceiling, whatever. Because it's a terrible thing to have to stand up here and know that every word that I speak, I will be accountable for. That, 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 that's a fearful thing to know that, that I will be judged more strictly because I have been given more. And so I don't take it lightly. I'm not going to offer something strange up here and bring something that's strange to the ears of God's people. Because it makes you feel good. But I want to bring something that, that lines up with the word of God. It may bring conviction to your life. Well, good. I hope it drives you to the cross. And I hope that it delivers your soul out of the pit of hell. Because I'm not going to bring strange fire to please you. And that's all he did. He thought that maybe my sacrifice will be pleasing to God, but a sacrifice of pride will never please God. Can I get an amen? Psalms 10 and 4, in his pride, the wicked do not seek him. In all his thoughts, there's no room for God. Proverbs 11 and 2, the Bible says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. 
But with humility comes wisdom. Isaiah tells us in 40 and 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Not faint. Come on, amen. See, he should have waited. Patiently waited for a word from God on how to deal with the Philistines. But instead, he took it into his own hands. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man shall reap what he sows. For those who sow to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. But those who sow to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Can I get an amen? And so notice in our text that, that he's thinking to himself, surely... My sacrifice will please God. But rather, God was appalled at him, was displeased because he was walking against the will of God. Proverbs 14 and 12. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. There's people across the world today offering strange fire to God, bowing down to graven images. As we come to church every Sunday, we, we, we pass a Buddha temple. And even in their front yard, they have a big bald head with huge ears. And they're bowing down to something that cannot save them. They have eyes to see and cannot see. They have ears to hear and cannot hear. They have a mouth and cannot speak. They have legs and cannot walk. And people are bound down to an image as though that could save them. How foolish they are to bring strange fire into God. Today's message is simply entitled, To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice. I want you to turn to your neighbor if you have one. And say, neighbor... God is looking for your obedience above your sacrifice. Hosea 6 and 6. The prophet says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Matthew 9 and 13. Jesus said, but go learn what this means. I desire mercy. Not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. In fact, I'm sure you remember this strange, bizarre story that's found in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 5 through 7. It was a time when, when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. That This was a great time of celebrating Horns were being blown. People were shaking tambourines and shouting. And everything was exciting because now the Ark of the Covenant is coming back. Then all of a sudden, something strange happened. The cart that was carrying the Ark of Covenant was shaken. The ox had stumbled. Let's read this. 
2 Samuel 6, 5 through 7. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with songs, harps, lyrics, timbrels, sistrums, and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, the Bible says Uzzah. Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen had stumbled. Verse 7, the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Everybody say irreverent. Because of his irreverent act, therefore God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God. Can you imagine celebrating God in the service? In the moment that you stepped in your mind the wrong direction, and God said, let the bodies hit the floor. Watch the bodies hit the floor. Come on, amen. Y'all don't know that song. I think that's Drowning Pool. Anyway, <laughs> once you look at the word irreverent for just a moment, the word irreverent simply means to show lack of respect and not take it serious. See, the problem of our society is simple. We do not take the word of God serious. Me and Kristen was leaving Walmart yesterday and she said, you know, it's like we're living in a strange world. Things feel different. Things seem strange. It's because everybody for since the 70s have pulled away from God and His Word. And now we're walking in the land of the dead. There's no natural love. There's, there's hatred in the eyes. There's irritation. There's all this going on. Heck, in the 70s, when we had no money and no gas, we still had a smile because we had Jesus in our hearts. Can I get an amen? But, but we're living in a strange world because we have taken God out of everything. And when God is removed, so is his love. Can I get an amen? And so we see this sacrifice of Uzzah. A simple sacrifice that he's going to reach out and, and, and steady the Ark of the Covenant. And one simple act that, that looked right in his eyes. It looked right in everybody else's eyes because no one wanted to see the Ark fall off. And I'm sure that God could hold it on there. But, but in his flesh, in his flesh, he's thinking to himself, I'm going to steady the Ark and hold it. See, this is what I'm feeling in my spirit right now. I feel that God is about to shake some things in your life. And I think he's going to shake it to the point that you're going to have to respond. And you're going to respond either two ways, out of the flesh or out of the spirit. And I'm saying to you today, don't respond out of the flesh. But, but fear God and remember his word above everything you feel, everything you see and hear, because you see, your flesh will, will trick you. But the spirit of God will never lead you astray. The Bible said those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Can I get an amen? 
Our text says in verse 23, for rebellion is like the sin of divination. That's the Hebrew word kasim, K-E-H-S-E-M, kasim. It simply means a type of witchcraft. The working of black magic, spells and curses. That's the soothsaying. Are you with me this morning? Let me bring it to where the rubber meets the road. Our rebellion against God's word today in the eyes of God is like you and I practicing black magic. And see, we take it like no big deal because you see, in our world, witchcraft is okay. Witches everywhere now. But it's not okay in the eyes of God. When we rebel against what he tells us, he sees it as though we're walking in darkness. Leviticus 10 and 10, the Bible says, you must distinguish between the holy and the common, between the clean and the unclean. Leviticus 26 and 7, God says, I will set my face against those who turn to spiritists to go whoring after them. Sanctify yourself and be holy because I am the Lord your God. I am holy. God has called his church, his church, not the world's church. See, this is what sets us apart is that we are willing to say no. Went to the movie last night and the first scene, my wife had to help me cover up. Keep me from stumbling. I even told her, I said, baby, if anything comes up, help me, help me. Because of the trap. You know the trap. Men know the trap. Y'all know the trap? Yeah. Once they start taking clothes off, it's time to close your eyes or turn the channel or something because you're going to find yourself trapped in the thoughts of whatever you just saw. And it won't leave overnight. But you'll wake up in the morning thinking about it. You'll spend the rest of your day thinking about what you saw. It doesn't leave because the enemy won't let it leave. My Bible says in 10 and 10 of John that the thief, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Back in 1692 in American history, they had a great purging across the states. They're trying to purge the evil out of America, something that we know as the Salem witch trials. And some people lost their life that probably didn't deserve to die. But many people died because they, they, they searched their lives and found that some of those people were practicing ungodliness. And our country was so strong at that point that they didn't care what, it, what the world thought. They said, you know what, we've got to purge the evil from our country. I'd hate to see us line up some trees full of ropes and because, man, we can fill it up today in America. Can I get an amen? Starting with our government. Yeah, we could do some real good purging. Start from the top and work our way down. 
But I would rather see the fire of repentance fall upon America where once again the churches are filled to capacity and love is being preached and mercy is being found and people are radically being saved for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I desire. I'd rather see them saved than to burn because I can promise you if they don't come to the cross, it will be held against me if I didn't share the truth. Are you with me this morning? And so all this reminds me of another strange story found in the book of Acts. Are y'all enjoying this? A strange story about a certain man who used sorcery and trickery to convince all the people that he was something great. And he was called Simon the Sorcerer. But you see, sorcerer, Simon the Sorcerer, he saw what true power was all about. When he saw that the apostles would lay their hands on the people and the people would receive the Holy Spirit. And he thought to himself, I must have that. He didn't want it for the purpose of people getting saved. He wanted it for the purpose that people would think that he was greater than everybody else. Are you seeing what I'm saying? This, this preacher got up this week, I was watching it, and he, he was saying, ain't I good enough for a Rolex watch? Ain't I good enough for a Bentley? Ain't I good enough? And he's trying to bring conviction over the people, trying to get more money for him to have. And there was nothing about Jesus. Have mercy on his soul that he would take God's sacred altar and use it for his own glory, his own benefit. This is not about me. I'm thankful for the little basket but this is not going to make me preach truth. This is just because I'm loved. Because I'm not just your pastor, I'm your friend. My, my buddy Glitch, who's in my band, he touched me, man. You touched me, bro. Because I try so hard, man, to... To get us out there so we can reach more people. But sometimes your hard work is overlooked. But, but the simple little things like thank you touches the heart of anybody. I'm not trying to be a crying baby up here. Let me read this. Acts chapter 8, 17 through 23. Then Peter and John, they placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that the Spirit was given on the laying of the apostles' hand, he offered them money and said, give me this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter said, may your money perish with you because you thought that you could buy the gift of God with money. He says, you have no part in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. He said, repent of this wickedness and pray that the Lord in hope that he may forgive you and have for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you're full of bitterness and captive to sin. See, he thought that with his little money sacrifice that, that, that he could buy what God has to give. 
See, there's nothing wrong with a money sacrifice if it's done with the right motive. Because we all remember the story of the little woman who came and, and, you know, she brought her two small copper coins, probably worth two pennies, and she put them in the plate in shame. But she gave all that she had, and that was pleasing to God because her motive was all about giving her very best to God. While the rich came and they put their ring in their bell saying, look what I did, look what I gave. Their sacrifice means nothing. It's the sacrifice of, of, of like a buddy coming up here on his time, his own time to, to fix the door so nobody can kick it down. He heard one little suggestion in a meeting. What did he do? He took the information and ran with it. And I can promise you, it may not be a big deal to you, and it may not be a big deal to me, but when God saw someone taking the time to fix the door or, or, or whatever they did to the church, clean the aisles or clean the chairs or whatever, it is, you think it's no big deal, but God said, this is a sacrifice that I desire because that sacrifice is all about obedience, the obedience to a thing called love. Hallelujah, are you listening to me this morning? Matthew 6, 3 and 4, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You see, what moves the heart of God today is that word obedience because we have to keep in mind what Paul says in Romans 11 and 35. He says these words, who has ever given to God that God should repay him? In other words, some people, they give out of the thought of thinking, you know what? If I give this, God owes me. God owes you nothing. When he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world, he did all that he was going to do and needed to do. It was sufficient. Are you with him this morning? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Brother, he loved you so much. He loved me so much. Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for you and I. For me and Brian, Alejandro, he died for us, bro. We're going to bury you tonight to raise that new man. Hallelujah. Can I finish this? Kobe's just had surgery. He can't give me more time. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and the heat is better than the fat of rams. This is what I heard in the news, that right now Israel has purchased from Texas some red heifers. In other words, they're 
They're getting to the process. We're, we're so close to the end times because now the Jewish people who do not believe in the Messiah, now they're going to begin to offer sacrifices unto God as though that's going to be pleasing to him. Everything that they do from this point on that goes against Jesus Christ, especially a sacrifice, it's like spitting in the face of God because what they're saying is that you would rather have this bull, its blood, than the son that you laid your life down for, the, the son, your only begotten son. No. My Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. For rebellion, my friend, is like the sin of divination. And when I think about divination, I'm reminded of the most wicked king there ever was in Judah. And his name was Manasseh. Everybody say Manasseh. Don't forget it. You see, Manasseh was nothing like his father, Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a great man of God, and he began to tear down all the things that displeased God, the high places, the altars, the, 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 the bell worship, all that he was tearing down. And when he died, we find his son, Manasseh, began to build back what his father tore down. Can you imagine? I've spent the last 25 years of my life trying to tear down everything that I set up, put up, that displeased God. From lying, whoremongering, stealing, whatever it was, I try to put those things down. Could you imagine my children now, Blake, Justin, and Emily say, you know what? Let's set it back up. Let's build our life not around the man he ended up. Let's build our life the way he used to be. I don't want my children to be nothing like I was because I'm ashamed of who I was. But I want to be a man of God, a man of integrity. I want to be someone that my children will remember when I'm gone and say, you know what? He was a hard man, but he was walking with God. And he loved him. And he had, he had compassion in the pulpit. He wasn't just going through motions. He was sincere. He was honest. And he cared about us enough to tell us the truth. Because my Bible said the truth will set you. In fact, that king, Manasseh, he was so wicked. We read in 2 Kings 21 and 6, the Bible says that he sacrificed his own son in the fire. He practiced divination. He sought omens. He consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing him to anger. Now, I'm going to really get down in somebody's mailbox, not you guys. I get in people's mailbox. In other words, I, I go right on down their street because, you see, everybody needs to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say today. 
And so right now you can go leave church and you can go across our town, Rockwall, Rowlett, into Dallas, and you can go to soccer fields, and all these fields are filled with children playing soccer when they should be in the house of God. You say, what point are you getting at, Pastor? The point is this. They are simply sacrificing their children into the fire. Because you see, if they're old enough to learn to kick a ball in the net, they're old enough and they will be held accountable to know who Jesus Christ is on the day of their death. And so if they're not brave enough to say no to the society, say no, we don't play soccer on Sunday, we don't play volleyball, but instead we go to the house of God and we serve the living God on Sunday. And we'll see you Monday through Saturday. Because I'm not going to sacrifice my children in the fire. In other words, turn it over to the idols of the world. Because the world is doing it does not mean the church does it. We are the example today. Can I get an amen? For our rebellion is divin our, our rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance is like the evil of idolatry. See, it's interesting to me say, how God compares sins to another sin. It's like all these sins are somehow connected link by link by link. The, the chains of darkness. One of my favorite shows is watching Scrooge on Christmas Eve or whenever, but prior to Christmas, I, I love it because Jacob Marley comes out and he's got the chain, the chains that he forged with his own life. The people he should have helped, the people he should have loved, the people he should have forgiven, the people. And all these chains are connected. And you say, there is no chain, but let me prove you, there is a chain of darkness. The Bible says in Jude 1 and 6, and the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with an everlasting chain for judgment on the great day. The chains that they could not let go, the chains that Christ broke on the cross when he came out of the grave on the third day, the chains that he destroyed are the chains they're putting back on them. The chains of divination, arrogance, idolatry, all these chains are just connecting. And in all this helps me to understand what James says in James 2, 10 and 11. He said, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking all of it. All the chain pieces are connected. He goes on to say these words here. For he who said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, he also said, you shall not murder. And if you do commit adultery but do not commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. You may not commit adultery, but if you have stolen something, you're just as guilty in the eyes of God as fornicating, adultery. It all means you're falling short to the glory of God. The sin of one man, Adam, we all became sinners today. Can I get an amen? But by the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of one man, we all became the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we are the ones that should refuse to live like the world today. Can I get an amen? 
I'm going to read this in the King James Version because it shows us something just a little different because it's worded just a little different. He says, for rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as an iniquity and idolatry. In other words, all these sins that are chained up together, they come from the heart of man. It's your sin of your heart that causes you to be stubborn and arrogant. It's your own heart that causes you to set up a temple in your heart where you become the priest. You see, once you take something of this world and it becomes your idol in your heart, you become the priest of that temple. See, you and I are called to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the ones who are called set apart by God. Matthew 15, 18. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. Jesus said, and these make a man unclean or defiled. Matthew 12 and 35. A good man brings the good out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings the evil things stored up in him, in his heart. Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruits. It doesn't take long to find the devil. Just watch them long enough, they'll show themselves. Because they can leave this church all shiny and clean. You just follow him. He'll reveal himself. And he usually reveals himself with his filthy mouth. Let's close with arrogance. Psalms 10 and 2. In his arrogance... The wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he had devised. Proverbs 8 and 13, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate, God says, I hate pride and I hate arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. I hate it. James 4, 16, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such things boasting is evil. Malachi 4 and 1, surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogance and evildoers will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or branch will be left on them. You see, God has a fire and it's already kindled. And I don't know about you. I don't want no part of the fire. The only fire I want is what I got right up here, the fire of the Holy Ghost. I used to tell people all the time till I feel like I was kind of out of place. I was kind of being arrogant. I used to say, listen, if, you, if your wood's wet and you don't feel on fire, then come watch me burn. Don't watch me. Yeah, I'm totally on fire for God. And I'm totally on fire for Jesus. And I'm in love with him. I, I have a great passion for him. But if I step across that line from life to eternity and I see that someone was left behind, could be you. Could be you. If I see that someone is left behind, I'm going to feel like a failure. I always say this. Heaven won't be the same without you. Everybody stand with me. Last week, I was inspired by Mr. Brian, our worship leader, that there's people across the world right now listening to us. 
And that I have to give them an opportunity to get saved because I'm not fishing without a lure. I'm, I got my rod and reel. I got my string on my pole. I'm throwing it out there. I ain't got nothing but a weight on it. It's going out there, but I can't hook nobody because I'm not fishing with the word. And so I'm speaking to you right now. Somebody may be in this building right now. Do not know Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you'd like to be saved today, just make your way right now. And you say, well, preacher, why, why do you call people public to be saved? Did you know that every man and every woman that Jesus called, he called them publicly? The Bible says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. Every eye closed and every head bowed. You individual that I'm speaking to right now, wherever you are, you may be in Russia, Sweden, you may be in the Ukraine. I don't know who you are, but I'm asking you right now, are you ready to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And if you are my friend or my sister or my brother, just say these words. Say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. I repent of what I've been doing, and I turn to you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me where I fail you, Father, and I put my faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, because I believe by faith that you died on the cross, that you were buried, and on the third day you were raised to walk in newness of life. I believe it. So right now in the name of Jesus, I put my faith in what you have accomplished Save me today and write my name in the Lamb's book of life that no man can erase because it is written by the blood of Jesus Christ. No one can snatch me out of the Father's hand. Father, save him in the name of Jesus. If you need prayer this morning, whatever it is that you need, come on. Let me pray for you. I appreciate you guys being patient with me. I know I went longer than I should have, but I couldn't help it. The, the fire was in me like a fire shut up in my bones. I couldn't shut it up. Thank you for your grace today. I, I pray you have a great afternoon. Father, I just pray your blessings over them now in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for that sore ankle in the name of Christ. Bring healing and deliverance. I pray for that back that's hurting right now in the name of Jesus and that hip that's just driving you crazy. I pray for it in the name of Jesus. Cover your people, oh God, in the blood of the Lamb. For you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon you. And by your stripes, oh God, we are healed. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, don't make me praise him alone. Hallelujah. Woo. I love you, Jesus. I love the ministry of the gospel. You are the lamb that is worthy of our praise today. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We leave this church with praise on our lips and we glorify you. Lord, even now we pray that next Saturday night you would bring the people from the north, south, east, and west and bring the lost souls in here. Bring those metal heads. Bring those individuals who love rock music, God. Save them and set them free by the power of the living God. Bring them, Lord. 
Save them, God, because the time is short. You guys have a blessed day. We'll see you next week. Hallelujah.